Well, happy Easter, Vineyard Church Palin. How's everybody doing this morning? Yes. It is so good to be with you, early risers, our early 9 a.m. service. It's great to be with you. If I've not met you yet, my name is Kurt. I serve as one of the pastors, and I am honored to be launching a new message series today titled The Rescue. The Rescue. Today, we declare the rescue of Jesus, the risen one. And if you are newer to church, what we did following worship is this really beautiful thing, and I want to give you some context, and we're going to, we're going to just practice one more time, because you now have a coffee break. You got up, you left, you sat down, and you might be getting comfortable, but we are not done. And there is a role that you have to play in what we're about to do, and it's going to be a participatory role, okay? So in the Gospel of Luke, Luke is in the New Testament in the Scriptures, this good news bursts on the scene in a way unlike anyone could have really planned. Even though they knew it, even though they heard about it, and we're going to see it in the scriptures, you can see this shocking reality that grips the early church, the first followers of Jesus. And in Luke 24, verse 34, the proclamation of one of the people that encountered the risen Jesus is this testimony and this declaration of faith that says, He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. And so the church has lived into this reality ever since. I think that's why we're here today, because there's credibility throughout time and history and from generation to generation, and the church continues to anchor its hope in the risen Savior. So when we say, he is risen, and you respond, he is risen indeed, you are reciting scripture. And so if you're new to church, welcome. That is the context. It's this reality that we want to live into the life of Christ. We want to be anchored in the scriptures, and we want to be a part of a community that is telling the story of God's love for all humanity, the rescue of God's kingdom, that there is good news, that there is hope. What we see in this story, in this day that we celebrate, this day we celebrate resurrection life, and we all come in and we're like, yeah! Four of us. <laughs> Give it up for one of the pastors being like, yeah, let's go! We celebrate. And yet what we do is we come in here with our life. And you might have walked in today going, man, my life was, did not feel celebratory yesterday. See, what we begin to understand is that this resurrection life, this story of God is that the life of God is at work for our good and for the salvation of the world. That the life of God is at work for our good and for the salvation of the world because the world needs saving. I need goodness pursuing me. And so when we gather, I know it's fun to get excited and that what we see in this resurrection life is the amazing power and love of God. The power and love of God at work. That's what this day and the hope of the gospel and God's kingdom proclamation for you is this. His power and love is on display. But I want you just to think with me for a second. 
I want you to think with me for just a second. If we are celebrating resurrection life, what does that tell us? There is... If we're celebrating resurrection life, that means there is what? Death. There's death. There's death. And one of the things that we're going to see in the scriptures is that we have to remember like the first followers did. We have to remember that Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And this Easter story is a story of hope that emerges from a story of death. Good news. This Easter story is a story that emerges from a story of death. And I'm just curious, how is it that we get a story of hope out of a story of death? How do we actually understand a story of hope when all around us it feels like all we can see is death and despair and concern? I was thinking about my own life. My first memory of someone close to me dying was when I was in like early elementary school and it was my dad's parents. My grandparents died early in their 60s. My first memory of death as a person on this planet is of my grandparents dying. In middle school, my godmother who had been navigating health issues and her body was just failing her, died. And I remember missing a middle school track meet to attend her funeral. And then when I was in college, I remember getting the call that my mom's dad, my grandfather on my mom's side, was in the hospital and was dying. I remember going home and I had this vivid memory of walking into the hospital and I see my grandmother bedside to my dying grandfather holding his hand. And what I know about my own life, and I'm assuming about yours, is death is a reality we all face. Death is a reality that we all face. As a kid, I had to face it. As a teenager, I had to face it. As a young adult, I had to face it. You're going, Kurt, I thought this was Easter, man. Like, where's the good news? All this talk of dying? Hey, here's good news. We're all one day closer to our own death. You're like, what? <laughs> I'm just, it's true. We face death and decay all day long. We need a story of resurrection life. We need a story of hope that gets above death, that gets above despair, because we all are walking in right now, right now, you are connected to a story that feels hopeless. You are connected to a life that is being lost, and we, of all days, need to remember Jesus. We need to remember Jesus, because death is a reality that we all face. And one of the things that, a side note, you know, I'm, I'm there, my grandfather's dying, my grandmother's bedside, it is like the most beautiful display of love. They're in their late 80s. And a small detail of the story is it was 
Quickly thereafter, I was with my wife, Lauren, at the time my college girlfriend, and we were watching The Notebook. Some of you have seen The Notebook. Spoiler alert, I was a puddle of tears. I was shredded, and I'm like undone because I had just lived the reality of the end of that movie. We all face death. The question I want you to consider is, are you experiencing life? Are you connected to the giver of life and the source of life because death is a reality that we all face? As we lean into the scriptures today, what I want to encourage us with is actually good news. Because I don't know about you, but in my own life recently, I just have found myself tired of death. I'm worn out by all the death. I'm worn out by all the sadness and the sorrow, and my heart is just at times despairing. And what I begin to see in Jesus is Jesus is acquainted with sorrow, and Jesus is the one who suffered and died. We can know a God that is that close, that has entered in to the humanity of it all, that has entered in to the despair of it all, and he has taken it into his body and said, I have something to say about this. There's good news. There is good news. And so let's open the scriptures to Luke chapter 24. Luke is a a book of the Bible in the New Testament. It's broken up into chapters. The 24th chapter is towards the end of that book. And we're going to See that in this story, Jesus entered into the human story, a story full of death and destruction, and rescues us from our ultimate enemy. This is Luke 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Do you know why they went to the tomb? They didn't know yet. They didn't know. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not Here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women. See, some of us think if we had just been there and seen the empty tomb, we would have been set. They didn't believe either. This story is full of doubt. They went to the tomb because they thought he was dead. Their faith was dead on arrival. And for me, that gives credibility to the story because they had to move through their doubt. They had to move through death to get to resurrection life. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them 
like nonsense. This is crazy. This is crazy talk. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. He went away wondering what just happened. What I love about Jesus is he knows what it's like to face death. Jesus loves us so much that he doesn't just come with this nice kind of life that's apart from whatever we're experiencing. He enters into our tomb for us. He put himself all the way into the trustworthy hands of the Father and the Spirit for us. Jesus understands what it's like to face death. This is good news. And what I think is so interesting is that miraculous stories are often unbelievable stories. Miraculous stories are often unbelievable stories, and we have to make room for faith in God to do the unbelievable by living with wonder. If you're here exploring faith, you're going, man, my friend invited me, a family member brought me to church. They're like, you got to come to church on this day. Could we maybe be like the first disciples and just open up a little bit to wonder, what is this all about? What is this empty tomb all about? What is this Jesus person all about? Because when we wonder, we make room. When we wonder, we sort of have this childlike posture of just humility that goes, maybe I don't know it all. Maybe there's some surprise in the stone being rolled away. Maybe there's some surprise in angelic beings. Maybe, just maybe, we could wonder what God's up to. In this early moment, this first Resurrection Sunday, we see wonder. And wonder is this. It is a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, and inexplicable. Even the last few days, I'm reading social media feeds, and they're like, but how do you really know the resurrection was real. Maybe we can wonder, just like they did. Maybe we can have a posture of humility. And what I think is so fascinating is that as the church moves from this moment, we get this declaration in the book of Romans, and it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel the good news of Jesus. For I am not ashamed of the gospel about Jesus Christ because it is the power of God at work for the salvation of everyone. For the salvation of everyone. This wondering of the early church brought them into a place to say, I wonder what God's up to. I wonder what this is all about. And as they leaned into their wonder, what it allowed them to do was something so significant, and that is remember. Because if we can see ourselves in the story, we must see the first followers crushed by death. They were crushed by death. 48 hours ago, they watched Jesus brutally murdered on a cross. And they weren't sitting there going, yeah, let's go. Come on, keep nailing him to the cross. This is great. They hid.
They denied. And the best that they could do was come ready to bury their friend. It took 48 hours. All the miracles, all the time spent, all the relationship buried in the tomb. They came with spices to honor and bury their friend. Their faith was forgotten. It was crushed. And at the empty tomb, they were invited to remember. What do we need to remember today about Jesus? What is it that we need to remember about Jesus, that in our lives we can return to Jesus and not just be excited about Jesus on Easter Sunday, but remember Jesus on Monday morning and remember Jesus Thursday in the watches of the night as you cry out to God for mercy. What do we need to remember and how do we return to the life of Jesus? I'm so glad you asked. It was so helpful of you. Because here in Luke 24, it says, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you. Remember how he told you. While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. What words do you think the early followers remembered? What words? What did they know about Jesus and what had they heard Jesus say and what had they experienced in his life that demonstrated and proclaimed the good news of the gospel? Maybe they remembered their friend Lazarus. Another story of resurrection, life that came at the words of Jesus and at the way of his kingdom. Remember, I am the resurrection and the life. John 11, starting in verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. For four days. This is important because what that means is Lazarus was dead. He was real dead. Like dead, dead, dead. Four days, culturally what was he? Y'all are like, this is the weirdest Easter message I've ever heard. This guy's talking a lot about death. He was dead. Four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been there, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I am hoping that the resurrection at the last day will be good news for me and my brother. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? 
Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. The hope of Easter was being proclaimed in the life of Jesus before we ever got to Good Friday and him hung on a cross, before we ever got to Saturday and he's buried in a tomb, and before we ever got to Sunday and he's resurrection life. The hope of Easter is that we remember Jesus said of himself, I am the resurrection and the life. You don't just have to hope in me for your eternity. You can hope in me for today because I will come and give you what you need today. And good news, your last days are secure too. Your last days are locked in the hands of my love. The last days are good days, but you can believe in me for today. I am the resurrection and the life, and we are confronted here today. Will we be a community of wonder that look at the beauty of God, that look at the work of Jesus on the cross, that look at the empty tomb and go, I don't know how, but God. And let that shape my life today, that when I live my life tomorrow, if I get it, I wake up with wonder and go, God, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. Give me what I need today. Wonder. And then we've got to remember, because guess what? They forgot. They weren't thinking about Lazarus. They had forgotten what Jesus had said. They honestly had forgotten what Jesus did because the circumstances of that day and that time caused them to think this, God's gone. God's dead. God is no longer here. God is not who he says he is because that's what circumstances do to us. It is what circumstances do to us. So we have to remember. We have to remember we have to remember that Jesus' word is true and trustworthy because his life shows us. I am the resurrection and the life. And we are confronted with the same question as Mary and Martha, the same question throughout all time. Do you believe this? You go, but it's hard to believe. It, yeah, exactly. What if I forget? You're in good company. People that made it into the scriptures forgot. Wonder, remember, and believe. We have to believe. And belief is this, accept something as true or feel sure of the truth of. Do you accept the life of Jesus as true? Do you accept his power and his life and the resurrection as true? Do you believe? Is it hard to believe sometimes? Okay, on three, we're going to say yes. <laughs> Do you believe? What I love about belief is this. Can you make room for faith? To believe in Jesus is to just make room in your life for Jesus to be true. For the love of God to be true for you. And for everything you do and every decision you make and every place you live your life to let it shape and inform how you live. 
to let it be true, not circumstantially, to not let it be true because you're now in church or you're at a worship service or whatever, to let it be the thing that you will put your whole life on. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe? I take so much more hope in this story the more I get to know it. I'm so appreciative of the loving friends that went with spices to honor Jesus. These beautiful women showing the way of love and faithfulness and they're there and they are the bearers of the first he is risen message. I love the honesty of the other disciples yeah, I saw him walk on water, but this whole risen from the dead thing, that's next level. It's, that's nonsense. I mean, you ha- I would have been okay with feeding 5,000 people, turning water into wine, or other miracles you can read in the scriptures. Go check it out. It will make you wonder. But they're like, this is, this is nonsense. I love Peter, who had already checked out. He was like, nope, that Jesus guy, not my homeboy. And I wonder what had already died inside of Peter. What had already died inside of him? And he goes to the tomb thinking, what is this? So where are you in this story? Do you need to be invited to wonder again about things of faith? to wonder again about the power of God bringing life and hope here and now? Maybe it's actually for you, it's really more a remembering. Life's been good. Life's been busy. Life's been pretty full. And today you can remember that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. You can remember that Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The things you're carrying by yourself that are death and despair, I want to enter into that story with you the same way I entered into the story 2,000 years ago. And honestly, maybe for some of us, we just need to step back into a place of belief. I believe God loves me, and I see that in Jesus, and it's not because he's buried and I can go visit him in a tomb. It's because he is living, and I can know him now. Do you believe? Do you believe? We wonder. We remember and we believe. One of the things that's helping me in my faith journey right now is this. I am not God. Of all the things I've figured out in this life, numero uno, I was not here at the beginning. I do not have the power to save myself, let alone humanity. I have settled that in my soul. I am not God. But if God is real, 
And if God is alive and if God loves me, there is no better place to say yes. There is no better place to wonder and remember and believe than in the presence of the living God. It's good news. There's two things I want to close with. And I want you to actually consider your life today because I think if the first followers of Jesus get to the empty tomb and go, that's weird. And I guess we'll go get breakfast. We are not here today. If the generations before me had just gotten so settled and gone, I mean, yeah, that's cool, but like we just aren't going to live it. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to live into this story of God. I don't know where I would be. And so I wonder, how do I tell the good news of Easter? How do I tell the good news of Jesus? Here's what I want you to know. God is pursuing you because God loves you. And you have immense value to the creator of the world. God loves you. And you are valuable. And in Jesus, he says, I'm going to personally get involved. I am going to experience suffering. I am going to enter into death so that I can give you resurrection and life. Jesus has made a decision. He loves you. Jesus has made a decision. He will give you his entire life. My question to us today is, will we return that same love and give Jesus our life? That is the invitation of the empty tomb. God has said, my life is yours. I have made my decision. I love you. And I will Enter into your story of suffering. I will enter into your story of despair and concern. And I will face your ultimate enemy death. And I will win. And I will invite you into a story of life. Do you want it? Do you need it? The greatest thing we can do on this planet with our life is to experience the reality we need God. And the more I get to know Jesus, the more I know I need Jesus. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit raising me to life every morning I wake up. I need what God has because I am not God. And today you are invited to know Jesus. You are invited to live a life of wonder and remembrance and belief do you know that Jesus is the Savior of the world and in that you can be included? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to close with a time of prayer. I know we're at church, and you might think, well, if you got to church today, you believe in Jesus. You know what it is to have the life of God available to you personally every day, and that just might not be true. And so today I want you to know you can make a decision to believe in Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Today is. And if that makes sense to you, like you've been living your life, you've been sort of doing your own thing, but you go, today I respond to the love of God and I choose to follow Jesus. 
Jesus, you now have authority. If you are the resurrection and the life, I give you my life, and I want you to have authority because you love me. You don't only died for me, but you were raised to life for me to declare that you are the Savior of the world. Come and save me today. I'm going to invite you to stand now. And this is not a shame thing. This is actually a celebration thing because all of heaven celebrates when somebody says, I am in. I want to be a part of God's family. And you can stand now, and we're going to pray for you. You can stand now. If that just makes sense to you, you have not ever given your life to Jesus to say, Jesus, I want relationship with you. You said you want relationship with me. I am answering that today. I hear the good news of Jesus. I hear that you are the life and the resurrection. You can stand now. Here's the other group that I'm going to invite to stand. You've been around Jesus. You've been following Jesus, but the circumstances of life have caused you to no longer believe. Today, you need to remember it's not about a salvation thing for you. It is about a remembrance. And you need to stand today because the circumstances have caused you to have forgotten faith. The circumstances have caused you to believe God is not with you or for you, and God is. And we want to pray for you today because you're here close to death. You know despair and discouragement, and I'm going to invite you to stand now as well. So if you're giving your life to Christ today, stand now. If you need prayer because you walked in having forgotten the love of God, having forgotten the work of God, having forgotten, and you need to remember, I invite you to stand right where you are. And we're going to gather around you because that's what we do here at the Vineyard. We pray for God to come and enter into our stories. So if you need God to meet you today, just stand right where you are. Here's my last invitation. If you see somebody standing near you, we just don't want anybody to stand alone, so let's just stand up and ask. You can put a, a hand of support or encouragement on their shoulder if they give you permission to do that. Here's my last invitation this morning. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. It gives us hope for eternity, and it gives us healing for today. If you know your own story well enough to know you need healing, you need the power of God to come and enter into your story, it has been depression, it has been anxiety, it has been a lack of resources, it has been anything but good news. You're experiencing the death of like sickness, the death of relationship, the death in your emotions. You are experiencing death or despair. Jesus says, I want to come bring my kingdom to you today. If that's what you need today, I invite you to stand. We're going to just pray and do ministry time right in the seats. You're going to be near your loved ones, your friends, or a new friend or neighbor. So if you just need prayer for healing today, you need prayer for hope, just stand where you're at. We're going to gather around. I'm going to pray over the room. I'm going to give you a minute to stand up if that makes sense to you. I just don't think this is a story we go, that's great. It is actually supposed to grip our lives and change our tomorrow. All right. So let's do this together. Let's stand as a community. We're going to receive the blessing of God. The good news of God is this. Remember, I am the resurrection and the life. I want to invite you back. I am so glad you made it here on Easter Sunday at the Vineyard. We launched a new conversation series today 
called The Rescue. Every single week for the next six weeks, we are going to be looking at the I am statements of Jesus out of the Gospel of John. I am the resurrection and the life. We are going to look to Jesus, and I want to invite you, if it's hope and good news on Easter, it will be hope and good news tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and next Sunday, and I want to invite you back. So however you want to receive, I believe God's life is big enough to provide for our needs. So God, we bless this community to receive from you. We trust you, Jesus. We thank you that we do celebrate the good news that life conquers death, that love conquers sin, and that in you there is hope and there is freedom and there is a life to be lived in you and through you and from you. God, today we just join with heaven and we say, worthy, worthy, worthy are you, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and is to come. May you receive all power and honor and glory, and may you bless this community with your love and your life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 